This is a HeadGum Podcast. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. We watched I Still Believe, and we're going to talk about it today on Good Christian Fun. I want to see Cat. I wanted to kick everybody, and I did. Hey. I'm just killing. Losers, in other words. Oh, well, you want to get in the bathtub? Sicario. Very familiar with like Calvinism as a concept. My butthole's tickling all the time. <laughs> Welcome to Good Christian Fun. I'm Kevin. <laughs> I guess. How's your body feel right now? Everything's are you, good. Are you okay? Everything's, yeah, everything's good. That's that's not that's not a coronavirus symptom, so I wouldn't be worried about it. <laughs> no, it is. Oh, <laughs> it's a new one. CDC, yeah, they keep changing the narrative. It. Good grief! Ju- I know they're so consistent. Fauci. <laughs> well, we're here to have good Christian fun from our butthole to yours. That. Um, Good Christian Fun is the podcast where we talk about Christian pop culture, the movies, music, and entertainment made for and made by usually Christians. But we're not here to make fun of you or to make you go to church. We're just here to have fun and have a little giggle, have a laugh, as uh, James Colden would say. Uh, but we're had a good, we're here to have good Christian fun. Yes, we are. And the topic for today is a movie called I Still Believe, one of the last movies ever released in movie theaters in the United States of America. Forever, <laughs> potentially. It was released. No, movie theaters are coming back. I can't wait. To are go. you gonna go? Have we talked about this? We did. Yeah, I think. I think I would actually go if I could, if I like knew for sure I was like one of two people in a theater. Hmm. Are you gonna go, Matthew? I don't know. I don't think so. I I can't. I not not in the next year. There's no way I'm gonna even go. As as soon as they're like, it's fine. Like I feel like. Once they say that it's like absolutely fine to go, what's the difference between that day and the day before when it wasn't fine? Mm-hmm. Like I'm gonna need a lot of time <laughs> to like make sure that I'm okay with this. But I think they should keep releasing the movies the way they are right now. Uh, like, you know, on like on demand. You paid like twenty bucks to watch King of Staten Island or whatever. Uh, or I would do that for Fast Nine if they did it right now. I would be Ooh. watching Fast Nine. I would rather you wait for Fast Nine pod. if I'm being honest. I would I would go to a drive-in theater. I'm yes. I feel like I'm looking forward to that. That actually That feels cool. Wait, what if we do a drive-in theater for Fast Nine, but at the end of the movie you have to drive through the screen. That's the only way you can get <laughs> no, out. Off I the was ramp. just about yeah. to say. It seems like that would be the most dangerous place to see a Fast and Furious movie because I already feel like a <laughs> lunatic when I'm getting out of there, just like <laughs> high fiving everyone that I rock. see. <laughs> oh, I know. I was so amped up the last time I saw. It. Well, you've heard from him a little bit. Let's introduce our very special guest today, friends and folks. He's been on the show before. He's a friend. You may have heard him on Comedy Bang Bang or on How Uh-oh. Did This Get Played. He's a comedian. We love him. 
everybody. Give it the hell up for Matt Apodaca. Yay. I'm so happy to be here with such nice people. This is, I'm so excited. This was like, I was looking forward to this truly all weekend. You know, Garfield hates Monday. And typically so do I. And I was like, I can't wait to see my pals. Well, by the way, happy Garfield's birthday to you, sir. Uh, That was just thank you very much. Good past Friday. (laughs) We love the orange cat on this podcast. We're glad to see him turn another year. We stand the orange king. (laughs) Yeah, we're doing we're doing a few Garfield second service episodes coming to you on Patreon this Christmas, this Thanksgiving, this Halloween. We're doing all the specials. (laughs) Holidays with Garfield. Wow. (laughs) And that would be a lot of fun. What's that? I think that would be a lot of fun. And I think also, speaking of looking at it right now, I think it would be fun to have every guest we've had that has a pet cat to bring that kitty. And we feed that cat like a cat safe lasagna. And we talk about that. <laughs> and then we ask the cat, you know, what's your favorite Garfield panel? Was it the one right after 9-11? Or was it, you know... The one where was it <laughs> John the one where drinks come. Yeah. <laughs> Way ahead of you there, Kevin. Sorry about that's that. That's right. Yeah. yeah. No, that's but... that's fair. No, I'm proud of you that you got there first. <laughs> Thank you. I did. Um, and I think that would be kind of a fun little cozy holiday time. Yeah. No, I was a big fan of Garfield and Friends growing up as a kid. That television oh, series. Yeah. I liked even U.S. Acres. Mm-hmm. Nothing yeah. but respect for my young Sheldon, which was that egg with legs on the show. <laughs> oh, yeah. <I laughs> Remember him? Legs. Yeah. That thing creeped me out. The yeah. thing about Garfield and Friends and what was the other one? Acres? U.S. Acres. Was, U.S. Acres? Yeah. That, looking back on that, it doesn't seem like that was for children. Like, it's so weird that, like, any kid would like that to no, me. Like, it's there, none of it is. It's like it's. I mean, I, it's not that Kevin it's like Porter? adult humor. It's just, yeah, I guess it's just like I mean, but this is also a kid who I loved. I loved Gary Shandling when I was a child, so I don't know like what mm. is correct it was for, for a you. kid to like. And when I wasn't reading Garfield and Calvin and Hobbes, I was getting into Dilbert. So sure, oh, that no. another. And you like Dilbert more now? I, I yeah. yeah. I'm not so much into the strip as much as I am the creator and the things he has to say to this country uh, specifically. And he's in his beefy arms <laughs> Good grief. i know some guys I, you know you don't want to you don't want to be weird about anyone's bodies but some guys have muscles but they just look like they're in the wrong place like it's yeah. off on a grid where it's like wait i have to look this up i guess he you're looks like shape, his muscles but, are drawn on yeah <laughs> it looks like cgi'd poorly or something yeah but it's Scott real Adams, right okay. it's real life he looks uh, like a ps2 era like <laughs> graphics of a man and that's what's called pro- cross promotion where we get into yeah. how did this get played stuff yeah he um, kind of has like a bezos feel like like kind of an a normal looking man that decided like now that i'm 65 i want to be hot yeah <laughs> i like, just got bulked up and like hairless and i think you know like everyone you know have the body you want to have have the body that's right for you that you think that is going to be like make you happier but i also just think that there are some people who are buff for absolutely no reason like there's no reason <laughs> that jeff bezos should be buff there's no reason that dilbert man should be buff there's yeah. a i got a list there's a lot of people who i think are like why are you this why are you buff it's no purpose there was no reason for carrot top to carrot be top, buff for sure and you know i'm a big fan of his work too but ben stiller shredded for absolutely no reason <laughs> is in like not even but it looks I mean, good I on him i give a few reasons well yeah he, that's a <laughs> 
That's a, that dude's kind of. Are handsome. they your body parts, Caroline? <laughs> <laughs> but like, I remember when I was like a teenager, I was like, "Why is he shredded? He's so just ripped." Yeah, I'm good for Ben. You meet the parents when he comes out. You're like, what? I I, yeah. I think the Kumail stuff is upsetting as well. If I'm being honest, everyone seems like really <laughs> upset about Kumail. Like, <laughs> I, I like love every it. Every comedian I've heard about it, like even joking about it, they're like, it's just. Why? Like he's just ruining it. It's so it's, stupid. It's, to me, it rules. <laughs> I think for some people, it <laughs> okay, feels good. like a turncoat this move. Diversity of of opinion. In these unjacked <laughs> times, it's important for us to be jacked. <laughs> it's jacked to be jacked. <laughs> Matt, thanks for coming back on the show, buddy. It's been like two I, years. I know. I I'm so happy to see you guys, and I really, I really know that this is going to be so much fun because we're not talking about the thing that we're going to talk about. We're having a blast and I just can't wait to just keep hanging. This is so fun. Uh, so yeah. much more fun to come. <laughs> well, new drop. <laughs> <laughs> that's, you know that won't be the one you use. Like that, That's not even nearly disgusting enough. <laughs> it's good just to have it though. It, you, know, you, know, you know what I do, right, Caroline? Backups. When I edit, I do just like keep a little library. You have a little folder. Cl- clip you out as Caroline. And it's just like, <laughs> actually, nights, you know, I'll, your door is going to be unlocked. And I'm me, just going to sneak let, in there. Let me see if I can. Uh, I'm going to open right your now. computer. Password is Garfield's. <laughs> can you see my screen right now? Are cool. I'm I can see your screen. Yeah. It up. Okay. So <laughs> here's the Caroline folder. Is this the. Wow. You name them? Yes. What's the TJ Mill? Oh my god! <laughs> this is oh good. My god, I this mean, is th- a lot wait, of these are. Can you play the I will Harry Styles say, one? <laughs> shocking to read. <laughs> I I think I can play the Harry Styles one real quick. It's more like Groby. Uh, <laughs> here, here's Harry Styles. I take Harry Styles for example. Yeah. Not a person, and I would take him. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> you're proud of that, though. I the, like that one. That one's good. The secret is you're proud of that. Um, well, that's super messed up, and um, <laughs> I don't like it that <laughs> you do that. And I feel like clean up on aisle, but <laughs> I feel that's like good. I have some legal rights that I will have to be discussing with my lawyer to figure out how to... I mean, to, not um, after this folder leaks, I guess. Lay hands on this folder. <laughs> Can you imagine? Can you imagine if this folder leaked? Oh, my god. What goodness. if these were your, just your ringtones? I'd be Like done. your different little text tones? <laughs> no, Wait it's... up, but I'll bet. I'll never have a oh, ringtone ever again. I'll never have another ringtone <laughs> yeah, again. This, these just... would only be like alarm sounds, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Alarm sounds? Mm-hmm. I've turned off all ringing on my phone, and then I've given certain people in my life who I might need to hear from in an emergency, like, a ringing privileges. Ringtone? Like yes. Kumail. <laughs> like Kumail. He's like, if he wants to tell me that he's more jacked somehow. Yeah. <laughs> Ring-a-ding-ding. <laughs> like, yeah, like, congrats, breaking news. Buddy. Some yeah. good news. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I miss having a custom ringtone. That Gracious. Was cool. Now, Matt, I mean, before we before we get into the movie, um, yes. I, I would like to ask, just in terms of expertise, and then maybe this will be fodder for a, a future a future subject. I know we talked about a little bit in passing, 
Um, but the way that faith is represented in video games, you are the producer slash unofficial yeah. third co-host of How Did This Get Played, the the podcast about strange, weird, bizarre games with uh, Heather Ann Campbell Which, and Nick Weiger. That's right. By yeah. the way, side note, Matt, we need to talk about Animal Crossing at some point. Oh, I yes, you talk please. about it on that episode, and I think we share a passion. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, I would love to discuss this further. I would love. I mean, you're loving your cat right now. That's very nice to see. <laughs> but, Animal Crossing. But the intersection of faith and video games, There's it's happened before. Are there any, like, notable examples that you've encountered, even, like, researching for future topics on that show? Uh, there's this game called Bible Adventures that we were sort of interested in doing, but we just, for some reason, that fell apart. Um, and we just never got to it. Um, there was this game that I was talking to you about, Kevin, oh, that's called right. Dance Praise, that is like a DDR game set to Christian music. Mm-hmm. And you know, if this if this is ever safe to do, I'm sure we'll be knocking on your doors to um, come do that. Um, <laughs> Because we have the pad, it's under my desk at work. <laughs> like it's just oh my like gosh. not I love used. That. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> somebody was p- bringing this to my attention the other day. In at the end of Assassin's Creed Two, the boss is the Pope, like a real Pope, not a <laughs> fake Pope. Whoa. Like the period like a historical pope. pope. Yeah, the Pope from that time period reflected in the game is the boss. Whoa! And you fight mia. him. You have a fist fight with him. <laughs> is wow. there also a video game where you are like? I just, I have the image of like you're next to Jesus on the cross or something like that. Oh, man. Or oh, you're talking you about play, the. You play Jesus. Or no, it's right? a Jesus walking simulator that hasn't come out yet. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's not out yet. Really? Yeah. 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 Is it this... based on the song? Uh, <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> and, and yeah, Kanye narrates the Kanye's whole thing. Kanye's big project. Yeah. <laughs> no, the, 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 um, oh, gracious. What's it called? It's the Jesus Walking Simulator. I know we watched it on the show. I Am Jesus Christ is what it's called. It's not out yet, but it will be out on Steam at some unspecified point in the future. And you play Jesus. Point in the in future. It, right? And wow. you, you are literally Jesus. But you know what? You like heal people and stuff. If you get creative enough in Animal Crossing and The Sims, you can be Jesus on that <laughs> if you want to. You can lead a small like, movement. Make the Garden of Gethsemane on your island. What's stopping you? <laughs> right? I- I've got I, way too many non-believers on my island. Like none of them are listening to my Tom no Agnostic. <laughs> They're not there to hear the good word. <laughs> I um I just did a little research uh, and the pope that is um depicted in Assassin's Creed 2 is Pope Alexander the 6th. I'm guessing he wasn't a good yeah. one. No. Rodrigo uh Borgia, I believe is his given name. Borgia. Uh, but yeah, that's an I've not played that game, but now knowing this I want to see what that looks like because that's probably crazy. Hmm. Beat up the Pope. You know, that's how the end of Spotlight ends as well. R- you really? Yeah, the Michael <laughs> Keaton movie. Batman yeah. beats up the Pope. Well, so he so he is Batman in this also. <laughs> yeah, that's and, the twist. Yeah, that's and it interesting. Won best picture. Can you believe it? I was just thinking if now uh, I can. two Popes was like Fight Club where there was actually one Pope, but he had to split personality. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to hit to me as a hothead as you can. You guys must have talked about this to death, but like, there's been a lot of Pope stuff recently. Two Popes, you got Young Pope, and then that other, the sequel to that series. The new Pope, yeah. The yeah, new there pope. is a Pope renaissance going we, we on. Haven't, yeah. We haven't you touched. You think it's because we're looking for good leaders, father figures that we're missing in this time? Probably. Hmm. I'd say it has more to do with Scandal, which starred mm. Olivia Pope. Oh, by Washington. that 
that's what kicked it off. So <laughs> I got to just give it up because yes. that rules. That was great. <laughs> I'm very happy with that. Give it up. I that's like Scandal. Great. I think Scandal yeah. is a lot of fun. I've not seen it, but I, you know, I guess now I have no choice and I must. Well, okay. I'm going to repeat something I know I've said before elsewhere, but... Um, her catchphrase on that show because she was like a crisis manager so she'd go in and like if someone was in in broiled in a scandal or something hence the name of the show after after it was done or when she was like giving orders to the rest of her staff she would always say on the phone it's handled but i think it's stupid that she didn't say it's scandaled that is dumb that's what the show's called (laughs) that's what they should have that's what she should have said and now i consider uh olivia pope to be a false prophet and i will not i will not support that said look oh, for man. uh look for shonda rhymes five new podcasts coming out on iHeartRadio soon i believe <laughs> i think she did sign an overall deal with them so for her. congrats to her uh congrats by the port shonda congrats shonda uh, land uh caroline any questions before we take a break <laughs> Any questions? Any questions for me, for Matt? <laughs> I, I, will, I will answer any questions. Thank you. Yeah, I do have a question. Matt, have you uh, created or grown or baked anything or anything like that that you've enjoyed? So During is, quarantine, you mean? Yeah. Okay. This is a great question because I, I'm not a known baker. I'm not someone that has made a sweet treat in my life. In the cor- in the course of the quarantine, a couple weeks ago, I made cookies for the first time. Ooh. I made brownies for the first time. Wait, what kind of cookies, first Matt? Time? They were like peanut butter cookies, just like like a like truly just like a peanut butter base, like just sort of quick bake thing. Um, but I went nuts the other day. I'd never done this before. I like bought stuff to do this because I didn't have like a baking dish or. Um, like even like a, a bowl big enough to mix in. So I like went to the store and I bought all this stuff and I baked a, I made a flan and cause I was Whoa. craving flan and I had never, I was like, just thinking about it a lot. I was like, I guess I could just go get this from like a restaurant or something. But then mm-hmm. I was like, how hard could this be? It's only like three things mm-hmm. and it is not hard at all. It was very easy to do. Um, I was intimidated because of the texture I was always like, "How do you even do that?" But right. um, it it, it, it wasn't hard at all. Baked and stuff. Yeah, and I only fucked it up a little bit. And it, <laughs> it, for um, the first time, and basically a beginner baker, that's amazing. Yes, I watched a couple of YouTube videos and I read the directions as best as I could. Uh, but it still got a little messed up in the in the flipping. You have to sort of flip it. Oh right, because you know you put the the sugar, you you melt the sugar first, and you put that at the bottom of the pan, and then you put the the mixture. It's like eggs, evaporated milk, uh, okay. condensed milk, and vanilla extract. And what are like common mistakes you should avoid when you're making a flan? You know, I think part of it was I didn't let it sit long enough. I think mm. I was just too excited to <laughs> go for it. I put it in the Karen. fridge straight away. And it kind of just got messed up. And I will say, I also did spill some of it from mixing and taking it and putting it into the oven. That I I spilled about like <laughs> I spilled a, a good few drops of it. I'll say he reduced he reduced the flan. Yeah. So I mean, I should have. It was what was funny is that it was sitting on the 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 dish was sitting on a baking tray that I could have easily just slid into there, no spilling at all. And then, of course, I took it off the baking tray. I was like, I'll just put it straight in and just spilled. <laughs> splish, splash. Yeah, like a, a good splash chunk of time. it. 
Yeah, but I'm so impressed. I'm really proud of you. That's so cool. Thank you. And I feel like that's uh, that is how baking should start for everybody. Is like I'm craving out of this. sheer ne- like I need necessity. to make it right now. Yeah, it, <laughs> that's truly. I thought about it, it all weekend, and then I was just like, I guess I'm just gonna go to the store and do this, and then Amazing. just went and did it. And it, I mean, it only took like an hour to make. It only took an hour? Yeah, I mean, you have to let it set for, I think, a little longer. But, like, uh, (laughs) mixing and then you bake it for an hour, like, it was not a long process at all. Yeah, Um, custardy things scare me. Like, anything where the egg is, like, really sensitive is where I get, like, Yeah, but that's the thing. Like, U.S. Acres? Yes. Where the egg is really sensitive. (laughs) The egg is sensitive or Mm -hmm. a nerd. (laughs) Yeah, that was the... I did sort of, you know, before we... I put it in the oven. I was sort of making fun of the egg, and the egg did yeah. get a little upset. Oh, so, and that's right. Jump yeah. in the bowl. Yeah. <laughs> We're saying some sort of not PC things about the egg. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I was like, oh, the eggs you and your little, little soft shell? What are you? Some snowflake. sort of. Yeah. 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 Exactly. A snowflake. <laughs> so sensitive. Oh, I'm so gracious. proud of you. Congratulations. Thank you. I loved it, and I'm going to keep making it because I wanted to make it perfect. I'm obsessed with it now, but I. Yeah. Realize the danger I could be in if I just make flan whenever I want it. I like you can't do that. Listen, start a movement. Make it you know the new diet is flan only. Yeah, you're right. Made by Matt. You gotta have it. <laughs> flan <laughs> it's only. It's gonna turn your life around. Only. You know, <laughs> you're gonna finally unlock the 99 percent of the brain that you don't use most of the day because you don't have enough egg in your diet. Like get this in you. <laughs> I mean, this is the only. That's the only motivation I needed. I'm just going to do it. Flan yeah. only. Soft food from now on. That's beautiful. <laughs> well, you know what? We've talked about Matt's flan. Now it's time to talk about a movie in which God has a flan for us all. <laughs> Let's take a break and we'll be right back with more good Christian fun. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> a flan for us all. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to Good Christian Fun. It's time to dive back into the topic. Come on, let's go. I still <laughs> believe. I still believe. So this is what the a fo- movie. What a movie. So this is, if you're interested, dear listener, it is streaming on Hulu right now. It's uh, up there. For just free. I mean, you don't have to pay a dime. Yes. I mean, if you're already paying your Hulu subscription, is that a privileged position? You don't have to pay a dime as long as you have this twelve ninety nine a month subscription. Mooching <laughs> <laughs> off of your friend. I guess you have perhaps. to have twelve dollars. Yeah, but he loves to do it. He doesn't mind. He's so generous. <laughs> He'll just remind you about it all the fucking time. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. Just a little backstory, Matt. I did. Um, 
graciously give uh, the the Ely household my Hulu. He hates to bring this up. Username and password. No, here. No, here's what it is. Here's what it is. It's the fact Uh that you was it you took a video or no? You were just looking at the screen when I put in my password into the screen Mm -hmm. into my username. Oh, this is what makes you upset. (laughs) Yes, it's a violation of privacy. I was doing the nice thing. No, I didn't do that. Our friend Tim did. You're just misremembering. No, 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 no. That I said your password on the podcast. That was my crime. (laughs) No, no, no. In the moment, (laughs) no. The Tim thing was Uh, y'all all all wanted to play Mario Party. We're going way back. I punched in my credit card number, and he did take a full video of it and send it to me later with all my credit card info attached that, to it that is really funny it's very funny it's one of the funniest things a friend has done yeah to yeah me. yeah but no this um, was years before and no caroline saw my yeah, password I'm and then screamed it in front of, it was at the old house it was hilarious and yeah but you know what? it has some emotional consequences to me that's all i'll say that's all i'll say but anyway just you say it's somewhat related to that orange cat right? <laughs> or no it's not no it's not or no not. yes it is Anyway, I've since changed all my passwords. That password I don't use for anything anymore. Kevin, we have an Orange Cat connection. I just realized uh, for a long time my username was Pookie2014. Pookie was the name of Garfield's... Garfield's little bear. Little bear, teddy bear. Oh, I didn't wow. know. I didn't know that that was we're your... we're not that different after all. You and me, we're not so different. There's <laughs> two Garfield-loving, Wikipedia-reading... <laughs> That's where you lose Jocks. me. <laughs> anyway, the movie is streaming on Hulu, much like Amazing yeah. Grace. So if it's a Sophie's Choice of how to spend your night, I still believe versus Amazing Grace, the Aretha Franklin documentary. Mm. I just say uh, vote your conscience, as Ted Cruz would say at the RNC. Yeah, I, mean, I, th- I think especially in these times, you should watch I Still Believe. So a little background, Matt. Um, yes. And then a little background for the listener as well. This is uh, another Irwin Brothers joint. They were the minds behind the hit. I can only imagine a movie that came out two years ago. You saw that, right, Matt? <laughs> it's, it was my. It was in my top 10, and it sat firmly at number one. <laughs> After after Parasite, I'm sorry I didn't get any Oscars. Yeah, but you didn't think the central metaphor of I can only imagine worked, right? (laughs) That was, you know what? That's what gave it the edge. Is that the central metaphor of that movie did work for me? (laughs) So, so that movie comes out starring Dennis Quaid and like some other Broadway kids and whatever. Huge hit, makes 86 mil, and is like super profitable for them. Really? Yeah. Irwin, Huge hit. Yeah. Dennis also, Quaid was in it. Also <laughs> the minds behind the Patricia Heaton vehicle, Mom's Night Out, which we've also talked about. Oh, yeah. We did watch that. Oh, man. That was so that was so dismal. That movie made me so sad. That one was a true <laughs> bummer to watch, actually. It's supposed to be like a comedy, but it's very like, it's very sexist. Yes. Yeah, sort of so. like the, in the, in the, the realm of like the moms movies where they're doing yeah, like things moms, moms shouldn't be doing. Yeah. 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 Bad like going moms. To dinner These moms are so friends. bad. <laughs> Although, wait, I will say I, I did go to a matinee of the first bad moms movie in La Cunada and I was sitting next to a lady. Uh, we were in like the recliner seat, so we weren't like right next to each other, but the person yeah. to my immediate right was a lady who was so into the movie and like <laughs> snapping and going, mm-hmm. <laughs> like there's a point in the movie where Mila Kunis is making her big emotional speech. And she says, her character says, you know, the truth of it is we're all bad moms. And the lady next to me goes, that's right. <laughs> 
<laughs> and then afterwards, she said, I had a lot of fun watching the movie with you. And I said, I had a lot of fun watching the movie with you. And we oh, wow. Nice we're exchange. like having a little bit of a discourse throughout the movie. So, Kevin, were you also snapping a little bit or going, <laughs> no, you know, girl? I would, I would not appropriate that woman's culture. I was just respectfully yeah, going. a little weird. Like, like this. Yes. I love that. I affirm this. <laughs> um, Give it up. So, okay. So, I still believe based on Jeremy Camp, uh, uh, prominent CCM uh, worship leader, musician's life. So I think the plan- Camp is so big for those who don't know that even I know his name. Yes. (laughs) Before- And and then just just for a little bit of movie background, I think they were looking to repeat the formula of I Can Only Imagine, which is like- do a dramatic movie that's based on real events. In the in the case of I Can Only Imagine, it's Bart Miller from <laughs> Mercy Me writing that song that was, is omnipresent, I'm sure, in like department stores across the country. Uh, and not just like Chick-fil-A's and Hobby Lobbies, but also um, do that. Take current like real life events, fictionalize them and make that like the central story of the movie. And then cast mm-hmm. like the like secular associated actors in that part and make it very music oriented. And I think it probably would have worked if not for the deadly coronavirus that did uh, incur a lockdown oh, in our think country. Oh, would have been a big success? I think it would have been the same as I can only imagine. And the reason why is because the Friday that it came out, it was the number one movie in the country, which I think is a very, we've talked about it, but it is a very damning statistic because that means like as things were really starting to get real for the world, there was a group of citizens that did have a Venn diagram overlap for the the core audience of I Still Believe that said, you know what? We're going to go see a movie tonight and not give in to fear. (laughs) And you know, this is true because on Jeremy Camp, the real guy on Jeremy Camp's uh, Instagram. Jeremy Cramp? Jeremy Cramp. (laughs) (laughs) That's him in his older age. That'll be his nickname. He he did post a a graphic boasting about it being the number one movie and the 99% uh, audience rating on Rotten Tomatoes and said... Thanks to everyone who went out yesterday to support the film. I know times are crazy and uncertain right now, but we should never be controlled by fear. Stay healthy. And remember, God is in control. Love you guys. (laughs) Whoa. And, And then the next day he did post another thing saying faith over fear. So fear was a real like, guys, we can't give it in. The f- fear was was a, a very amorphous boogeyman at the start of the global pandemic. Yeah. For a lot of conservative Christians. I feel like it was like the, the dog whistle of like, this is basically mind control. Yeah. So if you resist it, you're smart. I feel like Jeremy Camp also had the same hair disease that Scott Stapp had, which unfortunately... It's called Gumby Head. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Scott Stapp had luscious locks back in the day. You're talking about the Creed front man. Yeah, right there. That's so. That's Jeremy Camp, Carolina. Oh wow! Shaped to a point. Oh gosh, yeah. Um, yeah. So this was like it was probably yeah going to be pretty successful. Yeah, for its market. Probably kind of is. Yeah, the way it is. But then they did uh, ultimately pivot and they put it out on like VOD for like 20 bucks just to rent it. And then thankfully it was on Hulu for streaming <laughs> a, a few short months after that. I got to kick it off by saying that the casting in this movie is stunning. <laughs> it's just <laughs> Matt, do you amazed. like Riverdale? Are you familiar with Mr. Appa's uh, Ovier? You know, I've not seen Riverdale, but I was sort of thinking while I was watching it that this kid, he could be, he could be in stuff. 
I didn't know that he was. I didn't. I didn't look into him either. But so he's on. He's on the show. He is the. Yeah. Uh, he is the titular he Riverdale. Is. <laughs> he's Riverdale. Yeah. He's Mr. Riverdale. He is. He's, he's hot, Archie. He's hot Archie. Yeah. Really? Yeah, and he has red hair in the show. That's great he for him. He is so famous. Really? Matt, he I- is so famous. So, yeah, you're going to have to you're going to have to just tell me all about this because like, I mean, I had I think I've maybe heard Jeremy Camp's name. The feeling I remember about Jeremy Camp was like he was on his name was on all the slides for like the lyrics for the worship set that we were doing in church like it felt like almost every other song was written by jeremy camp that we sang in the 2000s when i was going to church he pretty much rose to prominence yeah like he started his career in 2000 basically okay and this is when ccm as as was known before was like it was pop it was rock it was dc talk newsboy stuff and then it started transitioning into that's not as viable and like as market saturated now it's going to need to be worship so it's not like a rock song that happens to be about god it's like the most successful people are going to be people writing songs expressly for worship in church services so jeremy camp was right at the you know at the bottom floor of that stuff and then rose okay. to the top with that so he was definitely at the at the forefront of that sort of uh, christian music movement which meant yes yeah. that like a lot of the songs are just so uh omnipresent in people's memories from yeah. that generation because even if you didn't know it was him it was him and yeah you could see like a teeny tiny little like song credit uh, songwriting title at the bottom yeah. of the slide for like whatever <laughs> uh church worship service that you were at but what you didn't know is the sort of self-mythologizing backstory uh with no. all of it which no. i did not know that and i don't know how much it like actually affected his, his career yeah like i i don't know I've, I've no sense of it because because to me like worship leaders are so anonymous in nature because it's just like because yeah. it's so uh the, it it feels like a factory it feels like they are just like a vessel of a factory of music it's not like here's my perspective on the world and here's like the colors and the lens through which i see like god or our, our relationship with faith is just like and mm-hmm. hey, we lift our head. like it's just you're <laughs> yeah. just always going to be functioning in those in those generalities. I'm um, like questioning if I've seen him. Like, and that seems like, that's going to seem like a, such an odd <laughs> thing to sort of offer up. But uh-huh. like, I, I, cause I didn't grow up very religious. We talked about this before, but like, yeah, uh, I, I don't know. I, I'm just remembering that like, cause my uncle was pretty involved like in church stuff and like church services. And, uh, but I guess it wouldn't be the same. I probably made the same mistake last time. Is that like, cause my, uh, family was catholic but they would go to like these like big like church events at like the anaheim convention center i i, I could i could bet you that that's i don't know if i saw him perform but i bet you that's where i maybe know the name perhaps yeah. but who knows part of this movie was also my life story <laughs> and isn't that beautiful well part of this yeah, movie is truly caroline's life story because caroline where'd you go to school i went to school in murrieta um like minutes away from the Christian college where he meets his soon to be ex-wife. Wow. <laughs> ex-wife. <laughs> that's such a divorce. That's, a, <laughs> that's, a, <laughs> that's, a, <laughs> that's not very nice. Uh, <laughs> gracious. Um, but I guess that, you're but you're not wrong. Like that's such a funny mistake. <laughs> 
but I um this is what was like blowing my damn mind the entire movie. And Kevin and I kind of watched this over Zoom. And we had I, a great time watching it over Zoom. It was how very often fun. I brought it up, but like the geography of the places that they were hanging out or, <laughs> or doing things was so funny because uh the place that that college is in is in Marietta, which is just like a suburban desert neighborhood. Like it's not nice. There's not <laughs> bodies of water everywhere to go hang out in. The, f- the funny thing about that is the campus actually has natural hot springs there and it, and they okay, never go Marietta. there, but they do go to some sort of like Gulf the of Mexico Harbor, yeah. go to the beach. That's definitely the Atlantic many times. Like <laughs> <laughs> there's one scene where they're driving like the highway and you see houses on stilts, like because they're in a swamp land, which is yeah. not... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Th- this is. movie like was shot in Mobile, broke Alabama. Broke my brain. This yeah. was not shot on location <laughs> in Murrieta. It was in Mobile, Alabama. The place that she goes for a run or he goes for a walk is legit like an hour drive over mountains to get to like that beach that they talk about. Anyway, that was that was fun. But I did feel deeply connected to him in that moment. One thing I found is KJ Appa and Britt Robertson, who does play uh, the famous ex-wife <laughs> gosh no i don't want to be mean i don't want to i don't want to be mean about that she she plays she plays melissa in the movie like th- this is not their first rodeo this is a second collab because really they, between those two they were love interests for each other in a little film you may have heard of called a dog's purpose <laughs> Oh wow! They were so. If you recall, wait, I'll show it on the screen. So they're sort of like the new uh, Drew and Sandman. Yeah, Hepburn yeah. and Tracy, baby. Oh yeah, yeah. And Drew Tracy. and Sandman. <laughs> yeah, so this is them in in period clothes, and uh, that is wow. Funny. Also, ignore the other tabs you might see on screen. Uh, those are just jokes. I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's uh, I feel like that's that's so sad because Britt Robertson, I feel like the roles that I remember her playing were, were girl boss and oh uh, she was like the girl in Tomorrowland. She's like the protagonist in that movie. That's right. That's right. And both of those characters are like really like cool and you know rebellious and like sassy and girl boss is a whole other story. I don't love that. But anyway, I was just I'm just sad to hear she's like gone into like the milk toast girl in the movie. Yeah, yeah. But, but she can swerve Bums out of it, out. maybe. Wait, did, Caroline, did I, t- did I tell you I met KJ? When? I met KJ Appa when I was working at Funny or Die. Oh, well, you met a lot of people when you're working at Funny or Die. Wait, when I say met, you're you walked burnt. by them in the highway. No, why? why <laughs> we, I, had a, I was in a general meeting with him. It was me, him, and like four other people. And it was okay. it was just a nonsense shoot that and he was very sweet. This was like three years ago, so he was twenty or nineteen or however old he was. And God, he, he's this young too? He's twenty three years young. old currently. So yes, he's a young man. He's a very young man. Matt, I'm sorry. I know. Hey, let's we ever forget, George Harrison was 27 when the Beatles broke up. (laughs) He was 27 years old. That's crazy. Yeah, that sucks. But KJ seemed like a very sweet guy. We talked about Riverdale stuff. He's like, oh, yeah, the the fists, yeah, on the set. Because he's from New Zealand. Oh, he's from New Zealand. Yeah. He said, like, yeah, it was a little bit like summer camp. And and he was talking about, like, I think, uh, you know, hooking up-wise, it was quite the scene. That oh, first it was season. like a, a horn Sick. That fucking oh, rules. That's right. No, yes, of course it rules. 
That mm. does rule. Yeah, if you get any more details on that and you want to share them, send them my way. That'd be yeah, cool. I'll put them in the Zoom the chat. Um, prize, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was a. I just like the. This is what I mean by the casting was stunning. Like him, which was like a weird choice, but he was pretty good in it, I guess. And then Britt, and then Shania Twain is the mom. Man. I feel like Christian. Let's go, God. Let's go, God. And then Gary Sinise is the the father. Yeah, damn Lieutenant Dan. A Reverend Dan, sir. He's Reverend Dan. Reverend Dan. Reverend. Just a lot of shocks every at every moment. Okay, and I will say, like, and we made this joke while while watching Caroline. I'm gonna I'm gonna share the screen again because I think. You can see in this image uh, here on the right. I think they were leaning into the star is born of it all. Down it's to the all marketing. I can think about. This oh look at this God. poster. This poster so right. could not be more similar. We're looking at the twenty-seven by forty poster for the movie. And oh my the, gosh, Jeremy Camp for sure saw Stars Born, yes! and he was like, "Give me the bronzer. Give me the rock star treatment." Give me the bronzer and free Amazing. My soul. Yeah. Give me a hat. Give me a weird haircut. Yeah. Like this is this is what I want to be like. I know. It's time to let the old ways die. <laughs> Except make sure she has no talent and nothing to contribute to. Yeah, it's all about and She's the one that dies, not me. <laughs> not me. <laughs> this movie in a lot of ways, and we talk like, you know, I, uh, it's a tricky thing because we're talking about real people now too. Yes, but right. I feel it is quite sad. I, but I, we can talk about them as characters. We can talk about them as characters, but I think the feeling, Caroline, that you and I at least had after we finished the movie, I would describe in the following noise. Oh. Ugh. Oh. <laughs> in that, like, there's like really easy easy to call out things that are like fundamentally rotten in, in christian culture as far as like racism or misogyny or homophobia goes and then there's stuff that's like ideology that's so threaded through faith and tradition that it feels a little more amorphous to get your arms around and this movie kind of defines a little bit more specifically and one of those i think you can find crystallized in one of the ideas in melissa's journal as she leaves it behind which is the line suffering doesn't destroy faith it refines it and that you know even i think about that colbert quote where he's quoting someone else the, the punishments of god are gifts Mm, mm -hmm. But specifically, and and that's one thing is like a personal relationship and coping mechanism thing and and something for your like day-to-day life. And it's quite a different thing when it is um, brand extension and marketing for your own mythology as a Christian rock star. So it's, it's, it's quite a different thing. And who like... I'm not even saying like it's liable and none of this happened or anything like that, like that aside. But I think even in the most controlled circumstances of like Jeremy Kant's thumbprint being all over this movie and the Irwin brothers being super conservative Christian people that want people to know the gospel. The idea essentially that like the loss of life is an acceptable sacrificial lamb. If even just one person comes to know Jesus, is disgusting i think in a lot of ways yeah and i think it's very uh minimizing to a lot of people's grief and pain yeah i mean it's like it's creating a whole new class of martyrs you know that like are just supposed to accept that this is the fair 
and good thing of God that they have been selected for like a life of misery, basically, so that other people believe in God. And like that's that's a trade off that they're willing to take because they believe God loves them and like wants them to do that. But it's like especially insidious when it's like and it was also really cool because otherwise we wouldn't have Jeremy Camp's music. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was sort of like when I was watching this. I watched it this morning and I, you know, I haven't watched any Christian movies. I guess I have seen The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, but I. Boom, you're a Christian now. I haven't <laughs> saved you, dude. <laughs> oh, shit. I guess I, yeah, that did radicalize me. Um, but uh, I, so I haven't seen, yeah, many uh, sort of like overtly Christian movies. So. I when I got to the end of this thing, I was like, "What were they trying to tell me?" Because I was sort of like, "This, if that's the message, that's kind of scuzzy." I was, I just, I just wasn't sure. Like, if I don't think they're all this way. Certainly, I'm sure there are some that are like, "Well, you know what? That was that was something good to take from that. I'll, I'll, I'll take it." Uh, but this, I was just sort of like, "This is kind of sad," like, like, <laughs> or like, just sort of uh, bleak overall. Yeah, and and to quickly summarize the movie to contextualize it for anyone that hasn't yeah. seen it and doesn't care about watching it, it's a it's, so it's based on the true story and the true events of Jeremy Camp meeting his wife Melissa in college when they are like children. I mean, I, I actually didn't look up how young they are, but I'm sure they were super duper young. Um, I mean, they were like 19 at the oldest. Probably. Jeremy Camp, it was 1978, 88, 98. Yeah, so he was like 21 <laughs> or 20 oh, okay. when they got married, essentially. Um, Mm -hmm. so they started a romance and then she was diagnosed with cancer and then passed away shortly after their marriage. And the, the movie tells the story of like the budding romance and stuff. And then, uh, how her faith worked out in that relationship, but also how her death and her courage and her faith in the face of death spurred Jeremy on to write great songs and make great music and pick that guitar back up. At one point in the movie, he does angrily break his guitar uh, in a scene out of Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story. (laughs) And then there is like a journal entry in there where she's like, hey, it's me from the grave. Do do good music for Jesus. And he's like, yeah, I should be a rock star. And then, and this even continues to the very end where there is a sort of uh, epilogue scene in which Jeremy Camp is playing a song that's based on Melissa's life, and then who should see him but his second and current wife in the crowd, and then is uh, uh, compelled to pursue him romantically, not not because of him, not because of how cool he is or because of his music, no. but because of <laughs> Melissa's story, and that's oh why, and that's why it's not oh. strange or weird. And then it does cut to an actual so epilogue insane. of like the actual real life footage. The family together as they are now. It's. Uh, I would be curious as to what Melissa's family, who, who still yeah. living family and her survivors, think of all this stuff. Because even to me, and like, and again, I don't want to like, I don't want to be negative about this stuff. I think it's fun, more fun, and more optimistic to be uh, kind of like hopeful and look for this stuff. But it did feel like crass marketing and branding the the way it mm-hmm. worked itself out in the movie, and even for all the like kind of like dumb Christian movie things or like bad production value or weird acting or not good script or Shania right. Twain <laughs> doing a Roseanne impression. Doing something, uh. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> around the table. Like at the core of it is still that thing that is like very difficult to to get around and, and, and uh, surmount. The thing too that at first was like, 
seemed, I don't know, like a small thing and then just slowly like kept building into this bigger and bigger snowball was also you see like if Jeremy Camp had a big hand in in telling her story or like doing this movie, the way he saw her is also a big bummer to me too because like she's just a cheerleader. Like all she does, the reason he likes her is she smiles and watches him play music and yes. cries. Like she, that's all like so many of the shots are just her like <sighs> just smiling and crying and smiling and like so in awe of him and in love and, in, and like it's over and over. There's like I think three or four scenes where she just is watching him singing and is just filled with ecstasy. Yeah. Well, she is sort of like positioned in this movie to be his his sort of like prize, you know, like, like even like when she's ailing, he like wheels her out. And like it's sort of like ta da! Look, like, at, my look wife. at this, yeah. And, and it's then sort it of proposed like, to her like immediately walking out of the hospital. Yeah, it's sort of she it, has yeah. no friends. She we don't even know what she was going to school for. We know that she likes stars. Yeah, and beyond that, there's she's just the girl. She's just a princess. Like she is a person that he transferred from her father to him. Mm-hmm. By wooing her and Our pushing her out of her boundaries and making Thank her you. date him, basically, is like what happened. Yeah. Oh, and claiming her from the other weird promise that she had to that other worship musician. Yeah. Oh, Jean Luc, who is a guy in real life. I thought this was an invention, but this is a no, real it, life person. It was weird enough to be like, oh, this is a real situation. <laughs> so, yeah. So it just, that really bothered me too. It was like, if you're going to make a tribute and make this. Yeah, this like epic about how you, your wife was so amazing and she um, had a horrible illness that she like retained this incredible message for everyone to hear. Like show her life. Don't show just when you met her and dated her and won her and then lost her. Yes. You know, like that's not the story then. Like tell about what she was going to do and what her friends thought about it and how her family felt about it. Like all those things, you know? Yeah, this is essentially the evangelical equivalent of what's called fridging in a lot of pop culture yeah. and comic yeah. books. Like you're familiar with that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think I've heard this term. So, so for any listener that may not be aware, the the idea of fridging, and I think it comes from, does it come from a Deadpool comic or some comic book? But it's essentially like uh, the hero of the story comes home and his girlfriend or wife is chopped up and in, in a fridge, and so that spurs him on to violent action Jesus. and and yeah. horrifying, and spurs him on to like, okay, now I'm going to do the hero's journey with this rage I have in me, which John Wick uh, graciously circumvents by making. It a dog instead of a, a lady. Yes, uh, which Isn't I thought. His, I thought his house got burned down with his wife in it or something too. No, I no, no. A different. His wife. His movie. wife passed away of cancer in the movie, and then it's yes. it's the guys who broke in, and then they shot his little puppy. Well, and then they, they they took his car and they killed his dog, and those are the two <laughs> biggest mistakes you can make if you're trying to oppose John Wick. <laughs> yeah, I'll say, but because uh, yeah. the dog was a gift from the wife. So that's why right. it was Right, it was extra. like the last memory. It was like part Okay, of so it is kind of about his fridged wife a little bit. <laughs> There's a totally link wrong. there, but it... She's, but in the, <laughs> she's in the mini fridge. It's a mini fridge. Stop minimizing John Wick's wife. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, second service next week. We're going to do a uh, deep dive on John Wick's on Mrs. Uh, Wick. <laughs> I'd happily come back for a John Wick episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it, yeah, it is totally like she's there to give him like purpose I think almost to give him like uh, 
significance, like a deep thing to write about. That's a very cynical look too, but it just feels like that. With the I story. know. And again, this isn't like we're saying this is what's happening. It's like, this is how it feels to us as viewers. That was how thin her character was. Right. And because the whole thing is like, it's her story. It's her story. It's her story. It's her faith. It's her faith. It's her faith. We need to tell people about her. We need to tell people about her. And yeah, like not even like the, the uh, more radical idea of, okay, what if she's the main character and Jeremy camps is supporting character. And then it's about how they like intersect or even more of a two hander or six minutes of interior life with her family that has nothing to do with Mr. Oh, yeah, Camp. I was just thinking like the At only all. scene where she's like by herself or we from her perspective, I think is when she's crying about like her diagnosis in the bathroom. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. I think that's it. Yeah. And when no she breaks interior. the jar, she's trying to open the jar. <laughs> oh, yes. In the jar scene. That's right. You know what? That actually really did flesh out a lot of her uh, character. So I, I take it back. <laughs> now I wish the jar had been a runner in the whole movie and like she had like she she got like she placed in state finals jar for jar nervous. opening Olympics and yeah like and you sort of just see like the degradation of it like this is how you know that the stakes are pretty high because she can't get it yeah that'd be perfect that'd be a perfect yeah. runner in the, the other uh, way that you know it is as a Christian movie is she's promising to take the year to not get distracted, aka date anybody. Yes, this Matt, this is so a I thing that a, a lot Christian of uh, Christian women say, and Christian men say, and men. I feel like it was mostly men in my life that did this. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, that might that may actually be right. Like but, girls were a distraction, and like romance was distraction because you're getting too horny instead of reading the Bible and thinking about God and focusing on like yourself growth. Now it's like, distract me, daddy. I'm down for yeah. it. Please. <laughs> I was going to say, I've been distracted. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's the basic gist of the movie. But the, the takeaway, I think KJ has a terrific voice. I think, I think his vocal performance yeah. is pretty good. Really? So nice that was voice. him. That was him really singing. Smooth. That was for uh, real him. Yeah. Okay. Then he was, yeah, I, he was very good. Yeah. The songs, I, the songs were nice. He did not uh, sound like uh, Emma Watson by way of T-Pain, a la Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, no, it felt real. Um, I wish his hair had gotten a less crusty treatment. No but one. But beyond no, that, he looked great. <laughs> we talked about this yesterday. No one in the world knows what KJ Appa's hair looks like for real. Really? Like oh, natural color. What <laughs> could it texture. be? He's been, he spent however many years dying it for his television show. And it is weird to think, by the way, that out of all the people in the cast, he is the one with the most, like, probably capital and star power. Like, Shania Twain has the most money, for sure. But he's probably the one with the most cachet. It's just interesting how, like, celebrity works now, where it's like... What do you guys think of him, like, in this movie? Because looking back, I don't know if I even really noticed him, to be honest. Like, he wasn't bad, but... He's serviceable. Um, He's a CW actor. He's like yeah. Like, how did you feel about the way he portrayed Jeremy? Did you believe him? Well, there was. I, well, I still believe him, but I will say there so was like, there was quite a gap between the way KJ looks and then when we did look up. <laughs> wait, I'm gonna find those pictures. Uh oh, wow. <laughs> this is this is Jeremy kid. This is what he looks like. Our, yeah, uh, that's a very 2000s that look for sure. Ugh. They, it like they really did a <laughs> by not matching his actual look back then. Yeah. He has a soul patch. And listeners, I don't know what you call what he's got there, but I'd, may- like I'd maybe say like the a long, skinny sideburn that goes just to the chin and then stops. He looks like it. a ski bully. Ski I guess it's bully? like a jawline. Yeah. Yeah, I know. He looks like... 
It's disgusting. And oh. Melissa is beautiful. Gracious. <laughs> yes, just a gorgeous. <laughs> She's so cute. Um, he sort of looks more normal now, I guess. Of course, yeah. So, I Besides mean, the 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 Gumby head. ailment, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Gum- what do you mean by this Gumby head? Gumby oh, and pokey. Yep, I see it. <laughs> yeah, when it just kind of like goes off into a corner. Yeah. Do you think <laughs> yeah, that's there we um, go? <laughs> do you think that's a plug situation? I don't know. I, don't know. I think that's his hair. I would, He's a nice looking fellow. I would assume He's a handsome it's his guy. Hair. Yeah, him and his wife seem sweet together. She she also a former uh, CCM musician. She was the lead singer of a band called the Benjamin Gate. Andrea, which is Camp. crazy. Yeah. So when they introduce her in the movie again, she's we don't know anything about her except yeah. that she was moved by Jeremy. It just <laughs> feels like so condescending, where it's like your first conversation was not. I heard about Melissa. Like it was probably about something else. And she probably felt all the same it's way weird. about Melissa and yeah. was touched in, in that way, whatever. But like the idea that you're just like giving yourself such a pet, it's just like so baldly hagiographic in, in its function. It's so strange. It's just weird. Well, and even in the movie, like he was doing it before she died too. Like he would ask her to stand up and tell everybody about her diagnosis and pray for her. And he would wheel her out on stage and make everyone pray for her. And like, Maybe she was fine with it, but it, it also was like, even then, that feels like kind of a gross way to like, exploit your wife and her situation. Yeah, I think so. And it's, uh, I don't know if anyone who's still living should have control over their own biopic. Do no. you know what I mean? Like, no, like, no. like Rocket Man is a better movie if Elton John is dead. Yeah. That said, Bohemian Rhapsody would still sh- suck shit either way, as we found out. <laughs> but like anytime, I, anytime they're like, we don't know. We don't know if Freddie would have uh, been in the edit room and been like, this is too many edits. <laughs> cut, 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 cut. Yeah, One too many. He could have been he, in there. He would have saved that. <laughs> One of the most offensive Oscar wins in modern oh, absolutely. history is best editing for Bohemian Rhapsody. Like unreal, unreal stuff. So I, I read a, I read a criticism or a, a review from David Ehrlich at the Wire, at IndieWire uh, publication online. He's like a really good film writer, very prolific on Letterboxd, and, and I enjoy reading his stuff. One point he made that I thought was very funny was that the kind of like stock manic pixie dream girl stuff uh, like where she'd be hung up on some sort of specifics of like i don't know i just like yelling into trash cans or whatever it was in garden state is just replaced by an awe and wonder of the the of god <laughs> of, of her heavenly creator of like so true look at these yeah. galaxies and stars That's her weird little hobby mm-hmm. <laughs> and she's just like amazed by the lord in that sense yeah i did like that she liked stars i thought that was kind of cool she was schooling him uh, it, but maybe that's just the only thing that i had to hang on is like a personality that she <laughs> yeah had. so i was like well, i liked cool. that scene I, yeah I, it was I, pretty yeah and then it kind of became that whole metaphor of how like some stars shine brighter but those are the ones that die first but they provide warmth for us or something or yeah they explode into more stars so it's all good she almost then said like me <laughs> and then she goes, ah, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, and uh, just points to herself. He's got two thumbs and is kind of a supernova. Yeah, <laughs> you know. And we've talked about on this show before, Matt, on on uh, similar movies where it's about Christian getting sick, and then like, then they got better, and the doctors couldn't even explain why they couldn't yeah. understand, and. 
always the kind of desire with that stuff is like it's so it's so pat the way it works in those movies of like they were on the edge of death and then something happened that was inexplicable and so it must have been the lord and what we've said in those episodes covering those movies is always like wouldn't it be cool to see a movie where like someone gets sick but then they pass away and then you have to interrogate what faith actually means and looks like in those sort of circumstances yeah we got what we wished for what's that we we got what we wished for. Well, we got what we wished for, but it's <laughs> it just feels like it still feels like a dishonest proposition. Yeah. Because it's just fuel for the fire of someone's career. And then yeah. you cut to like him in a, in an arena surrounded by all these cell phone lights to like 20,000 people and it's like <laughs> I think Caroline did make the joke during the closing montage with the real life family that uh they would just like go. Oh, that weird commercial? Like, yes. it was such- yeah, where it's like, they're, look at their family of five. Look at how much they're thriving. Which yeah. Which just felt kind of mean. I think Caroline yeah. joked that the last shot should be them dancing on Melissa's grave. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they might as well have. Because yeah, it's essentially I mean, what it feels like. Throwing dollars in the air saying, thanks, babe. Yeah, yeah. like as respectfully as as possible. It's just like a, I, yeah. I can't think of well, anything comparable to that. Like as far as like nonfiction yeah. goes. Fiction stuff that happens all the the time where it's like the dead woman it's good that she's dead because it made a man great but like i wish i knew she was an angel Mm -hmm. and perfect and yeah complicated i guess i wish i knew if you know um melissa's family was compensated for her life rights you know if like if if there was some sort of like maybe donation made in, in her name or something at the very least like i don't i just don't know how something like that's handled but if there was not even a conversation about it then um, well, Matt, I think yeah. you missed the end. There was a website that prompted you to have oh, a discussion. Yes, the so website. That's a, in the way a, a gift. I forgot about the website. How could I be so crass to forget about oh my God. the yeah, website? Yeah, this wasn't a money-making endeavor. This was an educational tool. I uh, uh, back. <laughs> what was the website? I forget where it referred us to. I didn't write it down. Hmm. Um. It, that yeah, was that was very like funny a to grieving me. Grieving hotline too. Anything else we want to cover before we rate this movie? Any other like scenes or music that we want to explore? We didn't even talk about the music in it at all. Uh, I mean, the music is like I mean not something that I would listen to, but I didn't hate hearing any of the songs in the. I didn't. I wasn't Mm-mm. bothered by any of it. <laughs> that, but they also. I think the main thing that I would say about this movie is that like. It for me was like very just sort of like I didn't like not that I didn't care. Obviously, I'm like very like saddened to know about this thing that happened in real life. But like the whole thing is very it felt very flat to me. Like I just didn't I could not get invested at all. And it's I don't know if it was because of like the performances or just like maybe the way the story was told, but I just felt like I didn't have a way in, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Well, because it's like you weirdly undermine the stakes of it. If uh, it's it's actually it's an unfortunate parallel to some cultural conversation right now where you you undermine the stakes of death. If it's like, well, death isn't our, you know, that's not the final yes. destination. There's somewhere we're going to. It kind of robs you of grief in that sense where it's like hey don't worry it's actually fine that she died Mm -hmm. because yeah it worked out and because even the moment when it happens you know i'm used to crying in movies i'll cry at anything i was sort of just watching it and was just sort of like yeah i guess that's 
how that's where we're at in the story, isn't it? Like I, you know, yeah. it was it was sad, but I wasn't like. I, I guess I wasn't moved, unfortunately, and that's not to say the story isn't moving. I, the way the story was told is was not. I mean, I'm talking about it as a movie, of course, <laughs> yeah. not like as like a. Yeah. They're telling me. I know the what you thing. mean. Yeah. I, I, th- I guess it felt like their relationship. I just there wasn't anything I really related to very much, or, yeah. or like found universal. It just felt like like teenagers. And their understanding of love and like a lot of all the miscommunication and stuff. And doing yes. the worm in the people library that kinda, and yeah, dancing around. And then people that like sort of dove into a big commitment yeah. that maybe they wouldn't have, you know, or like who knows if it, it had time to mature or whatever. And so, yeah, it felt like when she passed, it was, <laughs> you know, in a walk to remember, I was just about to say, I was was just about to say, Caroline, super sad when she dies because you spent a lot of time figuring out what they like about each other and what draws them. But all that you know in Jeremy Kim's story is he likes that she's pretty when she's worshiping. Like that's the first thing that draws her. And then I think he likes that she's like resistant to dating him. Uh, yeah beyond that i don't know what there what there is i guess yeah her wonder of god is it just yeah there's no like romance in their relationship it's like a very like i mean obviously they're probably they're not not that every movie has to have like sex in it but it's like it was a very sexless like thing there's like i didn't feel like they were attracted to each other like at all it was very just like very like i don't know and they've worked together before these two actors but i don't know if that was like the the restriction of the When you cast the leads of a dog's purpose, you're signing yourself up for a sexy time, but apparently (laughs) not. I was trying to, I was trying to, yeah, get all horned up watching this thing, and it didn't happen. Tension. I want to see moisture. Okay, rank rank the brothers: the Safdie brothers, the Cohen brothers, the Irwin brothers. Okay, and the Cristiano brothers, and and the Russo brothers. Okay, there's a lot of brothers. Irwin's at the top. Irwin's at the top, huh? (laughs) I mean, I don't want to disagree with you because I'm having so much fun. (laughs) But I think I got to go. Don't Matt. Okay, then you're right. It's it's obviously the Irwin brothers. It's Irwin's. Then then the then the Safties. Then the Russos. Uh, Well, no, the Coens are up. Oh, see, this is hard. This is actually quite hard. Brothers making movies. Cat is so cute. They usually yeah. work out. <laughs> yeah, my cat's wandering around because he's She's um, like wrapped around Matt's head. Been neglected. So this cute. chunk over here. <laughs> What's this kitty's name? This cat's name is Hurley, uh, named after uh, Hugo Reyes from, from Lost? Lost. Yes. Yeah. Aww. Well, you yeah, have to go boy. back. Not the cool surf brand. Not the cool surf brand, Man. nor the Weezer's eighth album. <laughs> <laughs> asshole directly yeah just right in my face <laughs> just a full view i could see out its mouth you know what there on on the guys on the soundtrack for this movie there are just dialogue tracks and i'm very curious what they thought to this is such an old school move to just like have a track dedicated to dialogue i want to see what they chose for maybe her letter that was really nice song i'm sorry you're great <laughs> yeah yeah I'm, I'm, I'm really sorry hmm Sorry. Um, I've been learning a new song. Just the chorus. Oh, oh this was rough. Hell Can yeah! I you? Sure. I love you, I love you, I love you. 
I love you, I love you, I love you. Is that about God? <laughs> I forgot. Not entirely. You know someone's mature and ready for a relationship when that's how they say they love someone. Good grief. I will say this is this is like a funny uh call out of this uh strain of Christian music where it's like God or girlfriend and this is Jeremy Camp oh, saying yeah, like Yeah, I wrote all these worship songs about a hot girl in college that I wanted to marry. <laughs> it's not love. about God at all, but yeah, lift your hands and stuff. <laughs> uh, and and do all the same. I'd never seen anyone underline it so uh, so specifically before. Yeah, I, I will say I was really moved and sad in the scene where she wakes up from like sleeping in the hospital after mm-hmm. she's already relapsed and is like, "I'm cured. I'm done. I it worked. The Brutal. miracle happened. Awful. That that truly made me very sad. That was a sad <laughs> so that I guess was a sad it did scene. affect me <laughs> in a big yeah. way because. Yeah, because she's like, I think just right at the tail end of her her short life, and yeah. she's she's waking him up and telling him, "You're right, I'm healed. Like I I believed it's a miracle, God did it." And it's it it that was pretty crushing. I feel like that was that was um, a sad moment. Looking back now, I'm like that was a pretty, um, yeah, like painful scene, but also in the vein of kind of like upending our expectations that like she will get healed and it's a miracle and that's so much more powerful. It is a really sad phenomenon to think about all the Christians who like think they're going to get the miracle and get the mm-hmm. cure and they even believe it for a moment and then it's taken and, yeah. and that's that is a like extremely sad and brutal and reality. Yeah. That's but I awful. They, like they did pretty well at that mm-hmm. moment, I guess. So many little things they could have done to make the movie a little more like reverent or respectful. Even like I think about for the ending montage of like, here's Jeremy thriving, full of life (laughs) in his adult age where it's like, you could have just made that text and just been like, yes, Jeremy put out some albums and remarried he eventually. Or took something. a couple years yes! to yeah. grieve his sweet wife that he just made a or tribute like, to. Make it clips of her, like make it clips of like like old home like, videos, yes, yeah, that, home videos of Melissa. That's such a good point. That really did show their ass of like who they thought the story was really about at the yeah. end of the day. It was like, look at what Jeremy is doing now. It was like, <laughs> like a, it was like at. Steve yeah. Jobs doing a presentation of like the new totally. iPhone, the new wife. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, with their new wife and their three new children. Like, oh yeah, that was that was gross. That felt really bad. Like, I want him to be happy and live his life. Of course, he doesn't seem like like a bad guy. Like, as like a parade that's the jubilant end to Melissa's life. Yes, (laughs) yes, exactly. Nasty, not cool. I wonder if they put her family, like, gave her sister a scene here and there as like a consolation to Melissa's family, her real family, basically, is like, see. She, you guys are she part existed of this. outside of this. She man's, is a person. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, she and was her, a daughter and a sister. Her, <laughs> and <laughs> to a, a wife. <laughs> I know. It, like, oh, yeah, her dreams too. When they were talking in the museum of like, I want to do something big and vague and good and, and just yeah, like that's and her whole adaptable to whatever Jeremy wants to do. <laughs> Unreal. Okay, well let yeah. let's rate let's rate the movie. You know how this works, Matt. We're gonna give it a thumbs up, a thumbs down. Or good put it to purgatory. Um holy toast, that's a thumbs up. We're gonna send Jeremy and everyone all the way to heaven. Hey! 
or holy roast. I still Where believe. Melissa can say what the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Where she can be like, uh, holy roast. We send them to hell. Thumbs down. <laughs> Or if we're not sure, we're a little torn, we can send them to. The space between. And we start with Caroline. Um, I'll start with the good. You know, like it was, a, it was a competent film, as Kevin likes to say. It was well filmed. It had it looked good. You know, it was shot right, which is the bar, actually, for a lot of Christian movies. It's the, the first one they have to jump. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it felt like... <laughs> an even more exploitative walk to remember somehow. And I will give it a roast for that reason for all that said. And I just, again, Melissa, you deserved better. I'm so sorry. Your first husband was a dingus who got way famous <laughs> on your, <laughs> off of your coattails. That was not right. All right. That's fair. We turn to Matt. That, Cause I guess I haven't seen one of these movies before and that I was, I guess I was surprised that I was able to watch the whole thing. Like I was like, Oh, that wasn't as like bad as I was like <laughs> considering it to be like from what I know of like the Kirk Cameron canon or, you know, yeah. uh, they're evolving. They're yeah. evolving. They I was are. like, this is like, no, that's what I was sort of like, Oh, this is like a real <laughs> movie. Like it's a mm-hmm. movie that just sort of happens to uh, like be Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, I mean, it wasn't that the Christian elements to me, like as a non-secular moviegoer weren't distracting enough to take me out of it. Like, do you know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. I was sort of like, oh, like I'll just watch this thing and like every now and then I'll be like, oh yeah, God. Uh, And then like, sure. Yeah, it's Um, pretty light. But, you know, Melissa was done terribly wrong in 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 this transaction of of i guess life uh and <laughs> one i guess in real life too in the depiction so i got to give it a roast because i yeah i think they could have handled it with a little more reverence even me saying you know as, as i was dunking on this movie the entire time i would <laughs> be a little nicer to this dead person um but you yeah. know they didn't they, i don't think they told her story uh the way that if of family member of mine passed away and they were in a movie about it i would appreciate it so that's a roast i have to give it a roast too i think this is uh weirdly one of the most evil movies we've ever talked about on the show <laughs> I, think, I think the heart of this movie is very dark and very sad and for uh for a conservative christian base that um would like to believe they're pro-life this is a very uh very devaluing to people's human lives and it's very sad and it sucks uh yeah. competently shot though <laughs> but it, it, yeah it's just one of those things of um yeah i feel like this kind of um flippancy about the value of human life is such an easy value to adopt subliminally and subconsciously over time and i and i think even we're still unpacking that now but movies like this where it doesn't feel flagrantly weird or flagrantly like right wing or conservative or bad in the ways that we would identify i think this stuff is like darker and more insidious than any of that stuff can ever be because it looks innocent and it's really not but we're not the final word go to at christian fun pod on twitter and give it a roaster toast yourself get the heck out there and pokemon go to the polls ballers i swear to god if you guys give this a toast in that poll I'm coming for your ass. I'm going to hack Twitter and figure out who yeah, voted what. Caroline's going to, for the first time ever, be able to see who votes on an anonymous poll. <laughs> she will come. should do them on Instagram so I can see who votes. Ooh, you can actually see on Instagram. Yeah, we should do mm-hmm. that. Very fun. All right. 
Matt, Caroline, we're dimming the lights, we're lighting the candles in our respective homes at a safe distance, and we're here to enter into a more worshipful space. We're here to lift our hands up as there were so many shots of people doing the same in this movie. (laughs) And give it up to our one true God cinema. Just kidding. Lord Jesus Christ. And we're not here to promote ourselves or our projects. We're here to lift them up. And we start with Caroline. I just finished listening to a podcast today that I really enjoyed. I'm going to start with my lift ups, actually. Um, It was called Rabbit Hole. And uh, maybe you have someone you know or a family member or maybe even yourself that has uh, gone down the internet rabbit hole and has some pretty fringe beliefs at this point. I feel like this podcast did a good job of like humanizing that and not uh, making it sympathetic, but sort of like helping you understand the bridges that like it takes to someone to get there and and even and also like the way they can come back too. So that was that was a really cool podcast and then I'm also watching Atlanta right now which is a great show. It's just shocking and very funny and I hate to say it but it's timely. <laughs> um it's a good show I'd highly recommend it and you can find me at Caroline Sparts. Thank you Caroline we turn to Matt. Great. Well, I guess two things that I'll lift up, you know, um I I was talking to you guys before uh, we started about uh, Spike Lee's new movie, The Five Bloods, and it's like a movie that I truly can't stop thinking about. I was Mm. just blown away by this thing. Also, like a very uh, relevant movie in its way, and, you know, it's just, it's, I was just blown away by how good it was, and just a fun fact about the movie that there is, uh, there are flashback scenes where the actors are not de-aged, and it was because Spike Lee was not given the same amount of money that uh, Bart Scorsese was given for net, from Netflix. Oh my god. So, Watch this movie. I do think it's one one. It's shorter than The Irishman too. I think it's a better movie than The Irishman, even though I also like The Irishman. Uh, mm-hmm. But check it. I liked that a lot. Check that out. Um, and I'm also playing The Last of Us too, which people um, uh, is who, it hard? Are you crying your brains out playing it? It's you know I'm playing on an easy setting because <laughs> I I for me. The, the challenge of gaming is not why I'm get, I, why I play. It's more of just like to experience the the story. Mm-hmm. And I'm not done with this thing, but I'm enjoying it so far. And I, I see a lot of people online who are um, seem to hate it because the uh, protagonist is a uh, lesbian, and so I think that's a strange reason to dislike a game. Uh, so, it's, uh, I, but it's also I think a very good game. It's very interesting. The first one is incredible, and so I'm I'm enjoying the second one so far. I haven't finished it, so we'll see where I land on the other side of that. But I'm enjoying it right now. Hey, that's great. Thanks, Matt. That's cool. Yeah. And wait, and people can listen to you on how did this get played and oh, follow yeah. you where. That's right. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Matt Apodaca. And uh, yeah, I produce How Did This Get Played. You can hear me on there. I you do all sorts of other stuff. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I'm so glad you guys listen. That's so nice. And what's your friend code? Just kidding. My you, friend code. You can't you know dox that. <laughs> but do you know it by no. heart? Real, real question. Do you know it by I heart? I don't know it by heart, but okay. I have it saved in a note so I don't have to... Same, same. Yeah. yeah, I know. It's like it, after the pandemic, it became our it became our credit card number essentially. <laughs> <laughs> well, you should probably know it, but Don't put in your it. notes if you yeah, yeah. if you can. Ah, <laughs> uh, you can lift me up at Kevin T. Porter. Ah, what I started with hey. that. <laughs> That's like tearing kill him to Brad Pitt. <laughs> Love that. You can lift me up at Kevin T. Porter everywhere. Um, you know. What do I have to lift up? Nothing. I got nothing. I don't nothing care about culture. No. 
make you know what? Go out there and make your own choices. Don't listen to me. You, yeah. There, there, there's so much. Hey, you don't I say agree. that. No. <laughs> no, that's mean now. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I could lift up. Uh, who'd be good to lift up right now? Bill Simmons? <laughs> and the ringer? <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, I'll uh, I'll lift up uh, frickin' uh, da, da, ba, da. Oh, no one. Just go out and make your own choices. You can follow my letterbox if you want to see Kevin lifts up I'm... TikTok this week. Kevin lifts up t- TikTok. Any any user that uh, Caroline sends me, and I do laugh at their TikToks, I'll, I'll lift that person up. Uh, and you can lift this up at Christian Fun Pod on social everywhere. And if you go to patreon.com slash goodchristianfun, you can get more Good Christian Fun. Every Friday, we do a second service. Matt was on our second service a couple weeks ago for a hot sec. So that was nice and fun. Thank you for your contribution, Matt. Yes. Thank and, you. And then you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Every review you leave, we donate a dollar to charity. And this month's charity is the Black Lives Matter movement in all its forms. Matt, thank you so much for joining us on the show, buddy. Thank you Matt, both thank so you. much for having me. You know, I was saying it up top, but it was a true delight to spend some time with you guys and your sweet faces. Thank you for having me. You too, buddy. Oh what a nice gosh, time. I was looking forward to it, too. I oh, know. Man. I wish we could hang right now if if it wasn't a death risk. Uh, I know. We could go too. get cones or something. Oh, yeah. that'd be so fun. Or you could come over for Smash Bros. or something. Uh, let's play some games. <laughs> I know. I know. We'll do it. Okay. And there's nothing left to say except for an all of Pont's people said, Hey. Now, I think it's time we go out with the titular uh, song from the movie. Maybe it's time to let the old ways die. Scattered words and empty thoughts. The old ways be not believing that death is good. <laughs> All right, we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. But it's now that I feel your graceful. That was a headgum podcast.